Today's episode of the Sports Headline Show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy home cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Guys, look, as someone who loves chicken and trying to get healthier by the day, I really, really enjoy their chicken taco salad that they have listed on their menu right now. It's one of my favorite items that they are currently providing right now. So make sure you guys go to the link, click to the link in the description on podcasting platforms and on YouTube and go over to HelloFresh. You guys will get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Again, guys, an $80 discount, including free shipping on your first box. The link and the promo code will be down in the description. Please, guys, this offer is limited. So please go over, click the link in the description, and, you know, let's get back to today's episode. You're listening to the most authentic place in sports. It's the Sports Headline Show. Here are your hosts, Sean Davis and Warner Sanker. Welcome back in, everybody. This is Sports Headline Podcast. I am your host, Sean Davis, for this episode. We'll bring you guys down to the number 18th ranked team in the NFL, the might be our fun when you go back to live shows or we just like let the beat go over. Shout out to Warner, Warner Bros. Shout out to them, man. And uh, yeah, let's let's get into it here. Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the more polarizing teams going into this uh, going into the regular season here. They do rank in 18th for us. You know, you have people that you know like feel like this is a legitimate playoff team. And I guess their schedule is is okay enough to where they could make a, a, a push to the playoffs. I guess you could say, I guess you could say that. Like, if that's your argument, I get it. Um, this is not a bad team. I mean, they break 18th, but they're not a good team either, obviously, because they break 18th for a reason. Um, so, and they lost a lot of pieces. So, let's, they had a very questionable draft class, in my opinion, with just the decisions they made. So, let's look at the key departures and additions. They lost a lot, um, especially on the offensive line. They lost Randy Fisher, another offensive play caller. They lost Al Hodgman of Leva. They lost Marquise Pouncey, David Castro, Matt Filer on the offensive line. So you lose your starting left tackle, your starting center, your starting right guard, and you lose, you know, your more rotational, but still very capable and good uh, guard in uh, Matt Filer. This guy just like, you know, just didn't have a spot anymore because Dotson at but was just so daggone good, Kevin Dodson. Um, so, I mean, and look, right, you know, for, for the people like to argue that, yeah, th- that offensive line was old, but, like, the Steelers are kind of weird. Like, are they, are you actively trying to compete? Because if you're actively trying to compete, maybe go get a center and you let Pouncey go. But, I mean, bring, I mean, you should, you would be bringing David DeCastro back, in my opinion. You might keep Matt Filer or Alejandro Villalueva, right, or, like these are guys you would keep around, I think, if you're actively trying to compete, because um, they they literally just stripped their offensive line bare here, and and we'll get to the offensive line later. But 
the steel i mean and granted the steelers do normally develop offensive linemen well so maybe they're they're seeing something we're not seeing but just so far it's a very questionable move so far and then you let go you you lose james connor to the cardinals that's fine uh you really only had that one breakout year or whatever you lose bud dupree what's your number two pass rusher he's now in tennessee lose steven Nelson and mike hilton mike hilton may be the best slot corner in the league he's up with like Troy Hill, Chris Harris Jr. is still up there. So you just lose a lot. And then for key additions, you bring in Matt Canda, who is an upgrade, I guess you could say, over Randy Fishner. You uh, bring in Najee Harris, you draft him in the first round, uh, who is an upgrade, albeit over James Conner. Um, you bring in Pat Fryermuth, uh to be your tight end, and you also uh, bring in Trey Turner in free agency, um, hoping you can capture what he was in, in Carolina. And which, quite frankly, hasn't been that. I mean, just based off last year, Trey Turner was one of the worst guards in the NFL last year. You ask a Chargers fan. So, just a very all-around questionable offseason. And it's going to lead it to this quarterback room here for us, which does rank um, Big Ben and the crew. They do rank 22nd for quarterback room. Look, you know, what are we doing here? If, if you're Pittsburgh, are we again? Are we actively trying to compete here, or are we like don't want to say tank, but are we like are we being competitive but not winning? Like what what are we doing here really? Because I, it's you don't want to like actively tank. I think that kind of hurts your uh, your your culture to try to establish there. But I mean, like with Big Ben, who's only getting worse by the minutes. Um, yes, man, and not games by the minute. You know, Big Ben's only getting worse. You are, if you're trying to like, quote unquote, compete with this roster, you're getting maybe 10 wins at a person on exit, which just continuously sets your franchise back to where, and I'll get to the Wayne Haskins, I, I quite frankly think the Wayne Haskins can perform in this offense. But, you know, you're sending your franchise back to the way if Dwayne Haskins isn't the guy that he can't that for, for the future potentially. Now you're drafting in the 20s and you can't draft a quarterback or at least one that can help, you know, build up your franchise again and you're know, back to relevancy and things, right? So you're setting your franchise back, which is why, I mean, with the moves they've made, it, it's, it's kind of like up in the air, like, okay, are we, are, what are we doing here, right? Are we actively trying to compete are we you know do we know we're gonna we're gonna be competitive but we might not win a bunch of games like what are we doing here that's that's kind of what i'm getting at here because with big ben and we'll talk about this more with the with the wide receiver room here big ben just cannot push the ball down the field vertically anymore he can't um i mean what else do you want me to say and and, and i kind of got some black for chase claypool being in our slump uh, most likely have a sophomore slump season this season in terms of production anyway, at least. But yeah, like Chase Claypool was a offensive rookie of the year candidate like the first five or so weeks of the season, maybe up to week seven, I should say, off the top of my head, right? But at, from like week seven on, right, he was an afterthought to say the least. And that's because they, could, they weren't as creative towards the end of the season. Big Ben just could not push the ball down the field. And that's what Chase Claypool is. That's why he gets the the uh, Mapletron nickname, which I think is kind of disrespectful, but neither here or there. But that's why he gets that name, right? He's a physical, 
bigger body receiver. He's going to go up, make ridiculous catches. A, he's going to make you look silly, and he's going to uh, explode off the catch, right? He's a, he's a really underrated guy after the catch, right? But we, don't, we have a guy who can't vertically push the ball down the field and Ben Roethlisberger, right? Then, yeah, it, it does. It, why do you have Chase Claypool then? Is my, is my point, right? And look, yeah, Deontay Johnson's got another great year, probably. Juju Smith Houston's probably got another great year. These guys who like they're more of the intermediate, short passing game, get yards after the catch, make Big Ben look awesome. Those guys like Juju and Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson can fix his drop problems, right? Those guys are going to explode this year. But with guys like Chase Claypool, who you spent high capital on in the draft, he's not going to have a great year because they have a quarterback that can't vertically push the ball down the field, right? And when it comes to Dwayne Haskins, I really think he can, after this year, if the off-field issues are, are fixed, I feel like he, and, and he, like, in Pittsburgh, they're going to, like, establish that mentality for him, the first one and last one out, hopefully, mentality for Dwayne Haskins. And if they develop that, I still like Dwayne Haskins. I liked him a lot coming out in the 2019 NFL draft class. The class, I thought he was the quarterback two coming out behind Kyler. He was the fourth or third or fourth quarterback picked because Daniel Jones got picked six overall rip. Um, but, you know, I think Dwayne Haskins in this offense, you have guys, right, where he can ding and dunk to, right? But he also, he still has enough arm talent to vertically push the ball down the field and, you know, to, to chase Claypool. And then he had Pat Frymuth here. So I know it's a lot, we're focusing a lot about like the weapons right now with this quarterback room, but that, but it's, that's what is really heavy on. Like this receiver room here is, is pretty solid, right? But in terms of the talent, right? But they rank considerably low anyway, at least because I don't know if they're going to have a great year this year because freaking Ben Roethlisberger is their quarterback, right? So that, that's just my take here on this quarterback room. Ben, I mean, he, I don't know if he's going to lose you a bunch of games necessarily, right? He's not going to win you many either. He's actually going to lose you a couple, I lied. But he's not going to win you very many games. Um, and, and it is what it is at that point. Um, yeah, man, it, it's just kind of disappointing. I'm, I'm really confused and puzzled on what, what the, the – uh, the vision for this offense is going into the season and like what's the vision for this team in general because Ben Roethlisberger man I think you're looking at this might be his final year if I'm Pittsburgh I'm hoping this is Ben Roethlisberger's final year because you're going to be looking at a 9-10 win team that if you make the playoffs you're going to be eliminated in the first round likely which means you'll be picking in the 18-19 it's like 22 area and if you don't make the playoffs but you're like a 10-win team you're the you're the like 18th pick and you're not gonna get a quarterback, right? So honestly, if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm kinda hoping Ben Ben Big Ben leaves after this season. That's my little rant. And the rant doesn't continue because we're gonna go to this running back room here. And uh this might sound harsh. Actually, no, not might. This definitely does sound a little harsh. Um, but who cares? Running back group is gonna rank 22nd here, and uh yeah. I'm gonna sound like a hater, but look, Najee Harris is so fun to watch, right? He is incredibly fun to watch. 
But I'm, how much is he going to, like, how well is he going to play in this offense where you have no offensive line? Your offensive line is one of the worst in the league this upcoming season, right? But Najee Harris is explosive. His vision and his shiftiness are be like, as big and bulky he is and how like, underrated he is as a pass catcher as well, right? Doesn't really get talked about enough, right? So Najee is, himself is a dang good running back. Um, and a runner of the football. And then you add in like Ke- uh, Kellen Balage and, and, and those things as well. Um, you have a really solid running back room, but um, you have a really solid running back room, but I'm really questionable on like what you'll be able to do with this running back room with the uh, offensive line play that you'll have this upcoming season, which is not being talked about enough. So I'm really concerned about this running back room and this offensive line. And we'll get to the offensive line in a second. Najee is a dang good player. I don't want to get that mistaken or whatever. He's a really good player. He's actually, he's so good. He's going to help in the receiving game as well as they're going to rank for us. They're going to rank uh, 23rd at wide receiver. This is actually not even a diss at Pittsburgh this time. It's just so many really good receiving rooms in the NFL to where I think Pittsburgh, it's just, they're in that middle tier where like they're talented, they have a talented group, but you know, you just have to separate, uh, you just have to separate some teams, right? You have Juju Smith-Huster, uh, Deontay Johnson, who we talked about, my bad, Deontay Dropson, um, who should have big seasons in this offense, you know, with Ben, who just cannot vertically, you know, uh, push, the, push the, the ball down the field, quite frankly, and, um, I think Pat Frymouth and Eric Ebron. I really think Frymouth might beat out Ebron at some point throughout the season for the job. Um, because just quite frankly, you're gonna need all the help you could get. And yes, Eric Ebron is just more like the security blanket. Pat Frymouth is going to like give your offense more firepower and a higher ceiling to work with. And uh yeah, we have James Washington and I like a little speedy. Deep threat out of Oklahoma State kind of gets a little overshadowed because he was freaking with all those guys that have that Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State have produced in recent seasons. Again, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris is going to produce in the running back in the wide receiving room as well. Um, and yeah, outside of that, you have Ray Ray McLeod. So I, I I don't think you keep that many receivers. Maybe you keep Ray Ray McLeod and Johnson. So maybe six receivers deep, and then I mean. Eric Ebron, Pat Fryermuth. So this wide receiver room is gonna rank 23rd. Uh it's a it's a really it's actually a really good wide receiver. It's a good wide receiver room. But when you have so many good receiver rooms in a league, uh you just can't, you know, it's just kind of hard. Next, let's go on to this offensive line. And oh boy, this offensive line is going to rank 30th. And they're just like two, they're the other two teams have already been mentioned. Uh, the Panthers and the Giants. Um, your offensive lines are just god awful. Um, you you draft Kedrick Green, uh, who's a solid uh, center prospect. Um, you have Kevin Dotson, who had a really solid year last season as your left guard. And besides that, Trey Turner had a god awful season last season. Zach Banner is not a good right tackle. Okafor is not a good left tackle. And again, like, yes, 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 yes. That last O-line group, they were getting older. They were getting up there in age, right? 
but you still rock with, especially like maybe Villanueva, you still rock with a, uh, crap, uh, you still rock with David DeCastro, right? To have like, you have your left tackle, who when healthy is a good enough left tackle, and you have your right guard, who when healthy is a good right guard, and then you build up your center, and Zach Banner is Zach Banner, right? But you literally, your best tackle, your, le- your best player is Kevin Dotson. Your best tackle is, I mean, shoot, I don't, who, who's the best tackle here? Is that Banner, Okafor, maybe Okafor? And Trey Turner was awful last season. He was bad, really, really bad as a Chargers fan. I was so excited when we picked him up last season for him to play like absolute crap last year, okay? This Steelers offensive line is not good it's not now when you are pittsburgh you're not gonna run a lot more of these short to intermediate routes a lot of um different concepts and stuff like that right the offensive line is probably gonna look better than it really is right but this offensive line is it's one of the worst of the leads in the league no doubt about that um so let's move on here to this to give you guys the offense grade here. This offense is going to rank 27th in the league. It's not a good offense. I don't think they'll be this bad. Um, I think you're looking at probably like a top 20-ish offense in a league, maybe like 22, 23, somewhere around that range. I don't think they'll be as bad as the 27th ranked offense in the league. But, I mean, I wouldn't – you tell me that they're, they're a top – like they're like the 25th best offense in the league. I'm definitely not surprised if you say that to me. Because, I mean, Ben is not a good quarterback, quite frankly, anymore. Um, and, you know, the offensive line is one of the worst in the league. Y'all, like, it's, it's bad. And then you get to uh, receiver room and just the upside. Because Chase Claypool is probably your most talented receiver. You can't even really use him to his, like, full potential. Um, so just some question marks there and offensive coaching and play calling, uh, they are actually going to rank, um, excuse me, they're going to rank 23rd as well. So right around the twenties, Matt Canada, you know, look, I think Canada is going to be a fine enough, uh, play caller, uh, age of 49, you know, he's been all around. He was the quarterback coach last season for Ben. Uh, he was. He's been all around, like, the college game and stuff like that, right? So, no, just just a little curious. It they'll run, like, a little bit of spread concepts and stuff like that. Um, so, you know, yeah, man, it's going to be really interesting this upcoming season. Matt Canada is, is an interesting – he's definitely an upgrade. I think he's an upgrade for sure. I think they'll run some play action. I think they'll have some power concepts with Najee Harris. I think they'll do that. And I think we'll get some creative things as well. Um, and hopefully, you know, they get to uh, use Chase Claypool to the to the fullest of their of their capabilities. All right. So let's look at this defense here. Um, and this defense for Pittsburgh, man, oh man, <laughs> where do we start? Uh, this is still a really good defense, and this defense is quite frankly just gonna win them games here. Let's start with this run defense run defense here, and it's going to rank seventh in the entire NFL. Uh, I mean, like, just look. Like, when you have Cam Hayward, Sathon Tui, you have a uh, freaking 
freaking, oh my God, TJ Watt off the edge, Devin Bush, Tyson Alalu. I hope I didn't botch that name. Fitz Williams is a good run defender from a linebacker spot. Alex Highsmith, is it a bad run defender off the edge? Hopefully trying to see if he can fulfill that um, Bud Dupree-esque role because they're going to run a lot of attacking 3-4 scheme, at least as their base scheme anyway, right? So, like, this defense here and this run defense is scary. It is a really, really strong run defense here. TJ Watt is just a monster. You just, he is just a nightmare. And then you have Cam Hayward, Safan Tua, Tyson Alalu on the interior. It's going to be hard to run the ball on this team unless, you know, you are kind of like a uh, like like an outside run team. I think we kind of saw it in the playoffs. Granted, I think they're a little banged up. But the Browns, they can run on them. But, like, when, when Pittsburgh was healthy, I think it was week five when they first played, Pittsburgh dominated Cleveland. Uh, it, it was just a rough evening, a rough day for the Cleveland Browns rushing attack. But I'm curious how they'll play. They have some of that sideline and sideline speed in Devin Bush. TJ Watt on the edge is just a monster. And uh, so this is kind of going to segue into this pass rush group, which for us is going to rank first in the league, I believe. Um, yep, this is the best pass rush group in the league. I think there's a couple of teams that, quite frankly, could probably, you know, have something to say about that. I think the football team could definitely make an argument. I think Tampa, if they, if Tampa, like, said anything, I think they could probably, you know, with just the way they used their, just the way they use their guys, quite frankly, with, you know, um, with Devin White, he's not even an edge rusher, but with Devin White, the way they blitz, you know, Devin White, Shaq Bear, JPP, uh, I think they brought back Adama Kasu. So the way they use everybody, I think you could probably, I think Tampa could have a legitimate argument to say, hey, we're the best. Um, the Rams, they could have an argument pretty much simply because of Aaron Donald, quite frankly. Um, maybe San Fran, but I think Pittsburgh has the best pass rush in the league. And when you have TJ Watt off the edge, granted, recency bias is a uh, is, is something, it's a strong force, right? But TJ, like, it's a lot of people, like, nowadays, they'll say TJ Watt is the best edge rusher. If you say that, it's fine, I guess. He's definitely in the top four, like, the upper elite tier with edge rushers. It's, it's TJ Watt, um, uh, Khalil Mack, uh, uh, Miles Garrett, and maybe, like, one of the Bosa. It's probably uh, Joey Bosa, right? Those are probably, like, the top four edge rushers, unless I'm missing somebody, right? Those are probably the top four edge rushers in the league, right? If you put those in any order, I guess it's fine, Right, but to say it's like so far I clear away the best edge rusher in the league, that's not true necessarily, right? But he is a legit game wrecker. And that's something that probably the top six, I say, edge rushers in the league all have in common where they just need one play. One play and the game is shifted completely um, because of just how dynamic they are. And you're looking at TJ Wall, you're looking again at uh, Joey Bosa, Miles Garrett, Khalil Mack, Probably Nick Bosa, just based off his rookie season when he was healthy. And honestly, maybe Chase Young. Like, those are the guys who are like, oh, boy, they're coming. And they they do they get it to me. Like, the game could change drastically, right? And TJ Watt is just incredible. You have maybe the best, off the top of my head anyway, maybe the best interior pass rushing group in the league. And Cam Hayward is Stephon Tuitt, um, and then Alalu. 
off the like as more your rotational pass rush who isn't bad as well a lot of lose more of your nose tackle like just stuffing a run type of uh interior defensive lineman but cam Hayward spot to but he doesn't need to be a pass rusher we have cam Hayward spot to it as well um and then alex highsmith here on on the other edge i think it's going to really depend on how they scheme them up right but look at leonard floyd in, in in los angeles right leonard floyd is not this elite pass rusher but the with Brandon Staley scheming him up and like using Aaron Donald as a chess piece to literally help everybody else because you have to focus all your attention on Aaron Donald right which allows Leonard Floyd to get some more one-on-one matchups and, and these guys here who are making top dollar money or are on like in a starting lineup here they are talented like most most edge rushers are talented enough unless you have like no skill whatsoever Alex Highsmith is talented enough to where if he gets a couple one-on-one matchups, he's going to win a few of them and get some sacks or some pressures opportunities as well, right? So while Alex Highsmith is definitely the weakest link here out of this, like, your your pass rush group, I mean, that's a good weak link to have because I definitely think he's not going to be he's not gonna be terrible this upcoming season. You draft Currency Roche, who's in a very interesting draft prospect. You have Marsh as well, like, if Highsmith doesn't pan out. And then again, you have Alalu or whatever is your interior defensive lineman. Uh, but he's more of a he's more of like a stuffing the run nose tackle, if anything. But man, oh man, if this if this pass rush group can stay healthy, this is, in my opinion, no doubt about it, in my mind, the best pass rush in the NFL. And let's move on to this linebacker group here, which thankfully for the Steelers, I mean, it doesn't matter as much. It does rank ninth. It doesn't matter as much, but man, oh man, this linebacker group, if Devin Bush could stay healthy, he was looking like a really, really good linebacker last season before he got injured. His sideline to sideline speed, he's not bad in coverage per se. And then you have Vince Williams and Robert Spillane. Spillane, I'm sorry. Um, you really don't want any of, the, any of these guys to get hurt, specifically Devin Bush, because if Devin Bush gets hurt, Vince Williams gets hurt, you're definitely looking at a bottom 10 linebacker group of the league but I guess you could say again thankfully for them it doesn't matter nearly as much um so we're just gonna kind of move along here but yeah Devin Bush is the key to this linebacker group being as good as it can be and let's talk about the secondary group here which for the secondary um the secondary is gonna rank 18th in the league and this is pretty much Minka Fitzpatrick and the fact that Joe Hayden is a serviceable corner still Terrell Edmonds is a good number two safety and Cameron Sutton is a it's a pretty dang good slot corner but you have so many question marks everywhere else I mean Justin Lane is your number two corner Arthur Millette is your fourth corner was bad as a jet last season right um and Joe Hayden is getting up there in age and again like this is so weird where you know you're like okay are we trying to compete what are we doing here because if you're trying to compete your offense is not really built to compete in my opinion with the offensive line um and you're not gonna be able to utilize your weapons because of big ben or at least sort of your fullest capacity anyway and then defensively right we talked about it with a couple of these teams right you need a complete defense a lot of this defense is dang good but their secondary just proposes too many question marks here, specifically at the cornerback slide, which is quite frankly just more important than safeties. But I mean, safeties, we have an X factor, elite game changing safety like Minka Fitzpatrick. It does help a lot. Um, 
I mean, can, can Justin Lane step it up this season? You hope so if you're Pittsburgh. Camera Sutton, I guess you are fine with letting Mike Hilton go because Camera Sutton is definitely more than capable uh, as a slot corner. Except Mike Hilton is definitely better, but you know, you're saving yourself some money keeping, uh, like letting go Mike Hilton and keeping Cameron Sutton. So I definitely respect that move by Pittsburgh. But there's just so many question marks, man, in this secondary that I think we're kind of overshadowing here. Um, again, they do rank 18th. This is, again, pretty much solely because of freaking Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, there's just a lot of question marks, man. Um, so this defense for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers is going to come in and rank third in the league for us. Um, that might seem high, but, but I mean, your secondary is good. It's, I don't want to say good. Uh, it's about average. It's an average secondary. They're going to get beat by a lot of really good teams, right? And um, the secondary is getting exposed by a lot of really good teams. They face some teams with some really, really good uh, wide receivers. I mean, like you look at, I mean, Buffalo week one, we'll talk about these more like in-depth team by team breakdowns. When you face Seattle, you're, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, now, granted, it's Russ giving up time to, to deliver the ball. We'll see. But, I mean, like Tennessee, you have to face A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Yikes. Uh, Kansas City, the Chargers even, right? Minnesota. Um, and, again, this defense and how effective their pass rush group is, it's good enough for sure that, you know, um, they're going to win you some games by themselves, right? But you're still going to need your secretary to step up some weeks. So uh, let, let's look at the strengths and weaknesses because we obviously forgot to do it earlier. Um, strengths, you have a lot. Um, let's just go with this front seven. JJ, not JJ, TJ Watt, Cameron Hayward, Safad to it. And then you have this run defense, Tyson Alalu, the pass rush with TJ Watt again. It's just freaking incredible, right? Um, and then Mike Tomlin, the culture and the leadership here, as he does, you know, return, obviously. And he is a good head coach, for sure. Um, more of that culture, defensive guy. Um, there are some question marks, right? Um, I don't even want to say question marks. I feel like it's kind of disrespectful for being quite frank with you. But um, look, he, he is a really good, uh, really good coach, you know, not sure how good to be this season. And I mean, yeah, they've never had a losing season with Mike Tomlin as your head coach. And I mean, ranked eighth for us. Yeah, again, guys, Mike Tomlin is a great head coach. He's in that pack of great, not elite coaches, but he is a really solid head coach. Uh, weaknesses, Big Ben is a weakness. If we're being kind of frank with you guys, because he just cannot vertically push the ball down the field. Um, offensive line is a glaring weakness. Um, your secondary, particularly specifically your cornerbacks, is a weakness as well. Um, so let's look at the schedule over under Vegas predictions, and we'll get you guys out of here again. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, so you guys start off the season at Buffalo, the Raiders and Bengals at home, at Green Bay, Denver, Seattle at home. You have the bye. Then you have at Cleveland, Chicago, Detroit, at the Chargers, at Cincy, Baltimore at Minnesota, Tennessee at KC, Cleveland at Baltimore to round out your season. 
So this last six weeks stretch of the season is a brutal six weeks and the over under is nine wins. Let's go through this one game by game here. At Buffalo, I think that's a loss. You have the Raiders at home. I think you'll win against the Raiders. Uh, Cincinnati at home, I think that's a win. At Green Bay, I think that's a win. I mean, I'm sorry, I think that's a loss. Denver at home, I think that's a win. And then at Seattle at home, I think that's a tough one. If I had to guess, I would say, you know, I would say that's a win, right? Um, because of the defense and how good this pass rush group is. Um, so four and two going into the bye week at Cleveland, that's a loss. Chicago at home, that's a win. Detroit at home, that's a win. So you're six and three. Chargers, that's a loss. At Cincinnati, that's a loss. Six and five. I think you'll split against Baltimore, seven and five. And then I honestly think you might lose five straight and go seven and ten. That's their floor. I think you could maybe win 10 games this season. Um, so that's it for this episode, guys. Please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up button. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace out.